Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In the Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino, and of course, co-hosting here with Anthony Piniello, Chris Martelli. Guys, Monday Night Raw was uh, an improvement. Go-home show before the Royal Rumble. We kicked it off with a promo by Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah with his one glove. And uh, Buddy Murphy, the new member, they're going to be going for that tag team titles a little later on in the night. But they started off with a hell of a match that should have been main eventing. Rey Mysterio and Andrade U.S. title. What did you guys think of this uh, showcase of these two luchadors? Yeah, ever since going back to last year on SmackDown, uh, I think they went a month in a row of straight matches and everyone was just loving it. So I don't, you, you throw certain people together, no one's really going to complain. These are two guys you can throw in that category. It was flawless. I loved it. Uh, it really should have closed the show, but Rey Mysterio and Andrade, just awesome stuff. Yeah, I, again, I remember before this match was advertised, I knew that these two were going to go at it at some point because these two have so much history. Um, like you guys said, should have main evented. I think when you have a U.S. title and a ladder match with these two, it's just going to be um, outstanding. And the thing that actually made this whole segment better was actually Carrillo's return. I think that's a program that not not only WWE fans should be excited for, but Vince McMahon himself should be excited to see a guy like him come in. He's what, like early 20s? He's very young. And Andrade is a guy, he's in his, early, I think he's late 20s, early 30s. So he's still very, fairly young. And he's uh, he's been uh, he's been a good U.S. champion so far. A lot of people, you know, they bash the U.S. title. I, for one, have for years now, since maybe the John Cena open challenge that's probably been the last time i was invested in it but yeah this is a great start i think uh for mania season for the u.s title i think andrade and uh humberto carrillo uh, i think Rey mysterio is uh i think he's gonna move on to bigger and better things for this mania just uh he's had a great year and i think uh this year he he, he deserves to have some big type of moment at uh, wrestlemania so do you think this is gonna be like a little placeholder feud for carrillo or you think like alistair black and andrade would be this is just a transition for that I I feel like Humberto is going to be the guy to take it off Andrade I don't see Alistair Black facing Andrade for the U.S. title if anything maybe I know it makes no sense but I could see maybe him going to Smackdown and facing Shinsuke that's a I think that's a feud I'd rather I'd much rather see is Alistair versus Shinsuke I'd I'd, want to see that I think we brought that up before just because of their styles how well they would mesh but uh, I don't see Black having anything to do with this U.S. title picture. Oh. Just keep it to the Spanish guys. Let them go at it. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, titles like we brought up, Seth Rollins got another title. Tag title. They beat the Viking Raiders. Him and Buddy Murphy's first reign. Is this going to last long or is this like a one-week thing? I'm going to go three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be long. Again, this is to... I think Garner heat for Seth Rollins because apparently he doesn't have enough heat already, but yeah, giving him a title again, another meaningless tag. Well, not, I won't say meaningless tag partner, but we'll see. Buddy Murphy is a guy that easily should be a single star in my mind. Seth Rollins as well. These two guys don't belong in the tag division. That's why I agree with Pinello three weeks and that's it. Give it back to the Viking Raiders or maybe to the street profits. I have no idea, but Someone else is going to beat them soon. I think, I think eventually it's going to be a quick Viking Raiders. Like They're going to win it back. And then you're looking at AOP versus those two, which that's Would why be, when Seth and Buddy won, I'm like, really? Like AOP's right yeah. there. That's <laughs> the team in the group. But uh, yeah, to comment on the match itself, though, like Seth is actually a tag team legend. I think you can throw him with anyone, and he's just going to make it work. And him and Buddy just looked amazing. And like the latter match or that match should have closed the show. That was That was my only thing, so good stuff yeah and this was followed up by uh brock lesnar and ricochet <laughs> i never thought i'd see this kind of pairing uh lesnar's in the ring with paul Heyman. ricochet oh. comes out and i like ricochet but the promo where he's talking about i'm coming to the ring to fight you that's why i'm in the ring but you're on the stage he finally made his way into the ring <laughs> And then Lesnar's like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? I'm leaving. <laughs> then he said, you're scared. He comes back, low blows his nuts into his throat and leaves. So uh, what did you think of this <laughs> interaction between these two? Why would Brock Lesnar be scared of Ricochet? He's, he's, number, one, he's number one in the Rumble. He's going to take on everyone. Uh, I love this. I think 
this is actually kind of comedic to me, which is pretty funny. Last week was awesome with our truth. This week was awesome with Brock Lesnar. You see Ricochet, you know, try and be the superhero. Oh, yeah, you're scared. Come in this ring. And Brock just, you know, simply walks in the ring, punts him in the nuts and says, I'm not scared and just walks away. Just perfect uh, heel heat right there for, for Brock Lesnar. Again, I've been saying this since maybe the last Saudi show. The more I watch him, the more I like Brock Lesnar. And uh, I really don't want to see him lose the WWE title soon. But if he does lose it, I want it to maybe be to Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, those type of guys. But again, let's just I want to quickly talk about the small guys getting in Brock's head because these guys, Finn Balor got in his head. Daniel Bryan got in his head. AJ Styles got in his head. And now Ricochet got in Brock's head. So can we maybe be seeing a small guy throwing Brock out come the Royal Rumble? If this is a signal for it, I'm all for it, but I enjoyed this segment for what it was. It was pretty comical for me. Just seeing Ricochet get sacked was pretty funny. So, yeah, I liked it. I appreciate the uh, the attempt with Ricochet. It could have been done better, like you were saying before. But for Brock, like you said, with the comedic side, I find it hilarious. I think he can stick with this going forward because Paul comes out and he cuts his promos. And then you can have someone come out, try to step up to Brock and then have him spit out his little one-liners. That, to me, has been the best part of the show this week and last week. So everything Brock Lesnar's been doing, just money. Can you imagine Shorty G eliminating Brock? That's like Maven Undertaker (laughs) type surprise. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be a huge surprise. That would be crazy. I don't see Brock Lesnar getting eliminated by a small guy. I don't... And if it were to be someone, I could see a guy maybe like a Daniel Bryan coming in and throwing him over or maybe Rey Mysterio kind of ignites the feud again I I don't know but I think Brock Lesnar's gonna tear the house down on the Royal Rumble I think he's gonna have the most eliminations I think that's obvious unless we see something like a Shawn remember when Shawn Michaels came out first and Christian screwed him up and eliminated him Uh, okay okay I can I can (laughs) like for me at that Rumble I thought Shawn was in a clean house yes and then all of a sudden Oh, he's eliminated. So I think the same thing could happen with Brock. I could see him just dominating, or I could see him having an early exit on Sunday. So I don't know. It's very unpredictable for me right now, but I think Brock Lesnar's gonna it's gonna tear the house down. Is that where we're going with our predictions? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're gonna go with uh, the Royal Rumble now. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna start it off because mine's very controversial. So you guys can start off with your predictions and. Uh, We'll go from there. So actually, let's start with the women's rumble because haven't really talked about it that much. But I know that there's three names that have been rumored to win, and it's Shayna, Ronda, and Charlotte. Those are for me the only three that have been advertised, at least. Uh, do you guys agree with these three? If there is a winner, who are you taking out of the three? And if there's anyone else, say it. The women's one is uh, a little tricky because they've only, like you mentioned, like three of them that you can really see. The only ones that have been built up. Rhea Ripley's, I don't think, would ever win it right now because she's just like took Shayna's title and they're building her for NXT. So that takes her out the equation. I don't know, maybe Ronda and Shayna, the only two that can realistically come out, but I'd like to see Charlotte get eliminated by someone like an Io Shirai, have that attraction match at Mania. You could set it up there. Or maybe have like Tony Storm or someone eliminate her. Have a surprise, but I don't want to see Charlotte in the final two. Let's put an end to that uh, whole scenario. I'm going to go Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because uh, this is the third women's rumble, right? Third. I think this has been the worst build to uh, comparing the last two of them. Because other than, Char- like you just said, Charlotte and uh, the surprise, these are surprises really. They're not confirmed with Ronda and Shane. Like no one knows. Usually every year it's half the fucking roster saying, oh, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, and they build everyone. There hasn't been a whole lot of buzz. No. And Becky's not even in the thing, so, like, it's... This is... It's it's uh, it's hard to predict, but it's more exciting. Because this is the first time I have zero idea yeah, with the women's. I agree with that. I, I never liked people coming out and saying I'm going to win it. Like, 12 women coming out. Yeah, I'm going to win the Rumble. It's like... 
Sarah, you're not. You're not. You're <laughs> we, not winning the rumble. We love you, but no. You're not. Like even Natalia, it's like you're not winning the Royal Rumble. Like I throw Sasha's name in there, but no, nothing's I, been buzzing with her. I'm no. not. I'm not throwing Sasha in there. It's it, tough. If they, if Sasha were to win and reignite that feud with Bailey, I feel like what you said before the pod went up, that'd be too. It'd be too late. It'd be a feud that we've wanted to see for three, four years, and. It just never never came. Remember when Bailey turned heel on Sasha that like one week and then yeah, seventeen. Yeah. Like it's just I think that would be a huge mistake if they had Sasha win. It'd be exciting for the moment, but for me the build I don't know. I I wouldn't really be into it. I think Charlotte Flair's winning the Royal Rumble after what we saw last week with Sarah Logan. How we just she just defeated her and then threw her over the top and it's like yeah I'm the queen I'm gonna win and. She hasn't really, like I said last week, she hasn't really been doing anything. So I feel like the fan base wouldn't be as upset because, again, she hasn't been in a title match since what? Like, it's been a while for, for yeah, Charlotte. Since so. the SmackDown uh, against Asuka? Yeah, maybe Asuka. Or I, or since did she, I did she face Becky after she won? I don't, I don't no, remember. I mean, she, went to, she was on SmackDown. She was a SmackDown women's champ, and then Bailey um, went with... Sasha, I think that's when she turned heel. Was that later into June or July? It's around the start of the summer, yeah. My biggest concern, though, with Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble is if they would just go with Becky versus Charlotte in a one-on-one match. And just that's where you kind of bury Becky in that sense. I don't see Charlotte losing to Becky this year, and she lost last year. She took the pin last year. Wait, did she? No, Ronda took the yeah, pin Ronda. last year. Um I, just, I don't see Charlotte losing to Becky if she wins the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to stick with Charlotte winning because I don't see Ronda coming back. I mean, like, I would love to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, but would you really put that pressure on Ronda to maybe main event WrestleMania? Oh, no, against- that's not main eventing. I hope to God not. That's enough. They had that last year. They saw the effect of what happened afterwards. Hasn't really led to any more exposure for them. I think this year, The Fiend or Brock Lesnar should main event WrestleMania. I just feel like if you're Vince McMahon, are you are you going to take a chance on Ronda Rousey knowing that she hasn't wrestled in 7 months? Maybe longer. It's been longer than that. It's been like 10 months actually. It's been quite a while. So uh, for me no, just cuz her last match was the same place a year ago. That's a lot of pressure, especially against someone like Charlotte who could pretty much bank on at least a B plus match, so I'm a hard no on that. Ronda. Yeah, that's why. The more I think about Ronda winning the Rumble, I don't see it happening. I think it's I think it's Charlotte. I it think this really is the a, year. It could really be for any wrestler, really. Like for your first match back in a year to close WrestleMania, like that's, that's or, not or, realistic. Or, or yeah, and if not close, you know what I mean. Like just be yeah, a marquee match for WrestleMania. That's a lot of pressure. So oh, yeah. yeah, I don't see if Ronda does win, I don't see it being a singles match. I see it being the same triple threat as last year. I could see Charlotte being like, you know what, screw you. I'm inserting myself again. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like if Charlotte doesn't win, she's winning in some sense going into Mania season. I think that would be like, I don't know, Charlotte and Becky. I think they've been wrestling. It's like three Manias they've wrestled. They were in a triple yeah, threat, would be, fatal four-way. That just shows how <laughs> slim the division is. Well, that's why I said Sasha, but yeah. you, you went to – I kind of meant Sasha versus Becky. Because for that one-on-one feel, yeah. like that big fight feel, we haven't really seen it other than that would one you, time. But, what, but what, if you're Sasha, would you do that? Would you go to Raw? Just to kind of like switch things up because, you know, so I don't want to see Sasha Bailey again. No. I'm, I'm kind of with you guys on that. So, yeah, I would love to see Sasha, Becky, and then they kind of reignite that little feud they had uh, late last year. But this is just like, there's not a lot going on. <laughs> Another interesting name could be Alexa Bliss coming in maybe late 20s she's like the only other other than like charlotte she's had the title a few times i would maybe get some interest if lacey evans doesn't win the title but if lacey wins you can't have her win. uh, again this is another it's kind of like for me with if bliss were to win it's like rousey winning where it's kind of like we know what bliss is we know how great she is but again she hasn't been wrestling that much. Do you want to put her in that spot? I know she'll shine, yeah. but, I mean, do you want to really put her in that spot against maybe a heel Bailey? Again, Alexa Bliss is a face. Like, it works, but you don't know how much it's going to work when it's in a main event type deal at WrestleMania. So, 
until we see, let's say Alexa Bliss were to win the Royal Rumble, we don't know how well she is as a face until we feel and we see that reception when she wins the Royal Rumble. If Because, again, we've seen time and time again, like when Shinsuke won the Royal Rumble, like that was a huge pop. And that signified, okay, this guy is going to be the top face facing AJ Styles. But yet they were both faces. So then Shinsuke had to put matters into his own hands and turn heels. So if Bliss were to win, I could see her doing something like that, how you could do like a Bliss-Bailey double turn at WrestleMania, but again, this I always bring up double turns. It doesn't happen often. So um, that's, you know what, that's unpredictable to, to put Bliss in there, but again, I don't see that happening. Where are some of the surprises you think will be that aren't advertised for this? Candice LeRae, well, I think she'll go the distance. I think she'll like come in at like five and she'll, she'll last a long time. She'll pull like what Dolph Ziggler does every year. Every two months. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what I feel like Candice LeRae's going to do in the Rumble. She's going to last like 40 minutes. Oh, the Iron Woman. The was Iron... it Natty last year? Yes. At the two oh, spot? Yeah. It was Natty last year. And I remember you kept saying, oh, Natty's still in? I'm like, yeah, still in. <laughs> Give her something. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, I don't I don't really know um, a lot of surprises in the women's. Uh, Eoa, has she been a surprise at this point? No, because she was in it last year, no? Should be a big game player in this time around. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't really know what to expect with Bianca Belair. Maybe that could be a surprise. Like I'm kind of unpredictable. Like, I don't really know if they're going to go all in with her and like, she could be the iron woman and throw out the most, or she can just come in late. And like, I, I don't know with Bianca, what do you guys think with Belair? Like, I don't really know. She could be a red flag. I think for, I don't, honestly, I don't see a lot of the NXT. It'll be similar to what happened last year. They'll be there for the... It's like, oh, cool, NXT, this is like... Like a, a few spots. Yeah, yeah, and it'll pop the crowd and it'll be awesome, but uh, I don't know. You look at a long... Can you really see an NXT superstar from both sides winning the Rumble? No. No. And if it were to be a NXT, it's Shayna Baszler. And I don't even know if you count her being an NXT right now. She is, but... If you're going to pick a year, like especially for the women when there's not a whole lot buzzing, maybe Shayna could be a pretty good option. Then you can dive into a whole lot of other things instead of sticking with the four holes. The, yeah, the, the one thing, though, that makes it kind of shitty for me is the predictability. Because I could Shayna is pretty predictable at this point. They're all kind of linked somehow. Yeah, Shayna, Ronda, and Charlotte are the three that are just, yeah, pick pick a, pick out of a hat those three names. They're probably going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to stick with Charlotte for now. But if Shayna were to win, I would probably look at you, just fist bump. You'd be like, yeah, see, I, I, that's how it happened. Okay, we're going to get Becky and Shayna. It's going to happen. I see Nia Jax making a comeback at this Royal Rumble. Please don't. No. Oh, you know what? That would be pretty. Uh, it's been a while though. It'd be cool, but don't don't <laughs> win the thing. <laughs> Nia Jax versus Becky WrestleMania. After that whole. Uh, a lot of history there. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> With the whole breaking of the face. Yeah, and then she got her receipt by punching someone who's way bigger than her, and she flew and sold it like Dolph Ziggler sells a super kick. That, you know what? I, I got to give Nia Jax credit. Last year, when she entered the Men's Royal Rumble and she took that RKO like a freaking champ, that was, that was probably the best part of the Royal Rumble for me. Our truth coming out, and I know I knew that something was happening, and Nia Jax attacks her. And I'm like, okay, this is different. I, I like this. And she actually got a pop, too. Who'd she throw out? She threw someone out last year. She ragdolled a few, a few of the guys. I can't remember. Oh, she tossed Ray, and then he gave her a six one nine. It was, it was <laughs> gave an RKO, super kick, six one nine RKO, then gone. throw out. That was awesome, perfect. Um, yeah, but I guess that's it for the women's. For the men's, I'm gonna start with Alino. Ooh, okay. So Brock starting. I actually, I hope he lasts long in this. I don't want it to be like. Uh, see, I want him eliminated spots. quick. I want to see a surprise right there. Just Brock gone, I would be like, oh, he's going to come back in, F5 this person like nine times. <laughs> Throw him out. <laughs> That's it. I see. Uh, I hope he's in there to at least like 25. I don't see him winning the Rumble, but I like to see some interactions. Maybe him, Matt Riddle I want to see in this, Bro. Keith Lee. Uh, that's really all from NXT. Like Finn Balor kind of counts as NXT. But, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to see Ciampa, Gargano, like save those for – other pay-per-views where it would be have that same big fight feel to it uh i think drew mcintyre 
Bobby Lashley, and Brock. This is the time Brock's going to throw him over, and that's it. But I'm going to go with Drew winning the Rumble. Last eliminating Roman Reigns. With help from Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God, I love it. But, uh, yeah, I got the same guy. I got Drew McIntyre winning. Uh, I think he's going to come out. You know, this, this doesn't really happen often. Like, the last three or four spots, Drew McIntyre comes out and just fucking cleans house. And by that point, I think... Uh, I know I said, I'm going to go back on this because I can see... I don't see Brock lasting the whole time. He'll have a lot of moments early on, but I think he's going to be taken out before, like, the 15th entrant. I just can't see him lasting an hour. So <laughs> I'll say Drew takes it eventually, but uh, Brock Lesnar will definitely have some moments in there. Who do you think will eliminate Brock Lesnar? It's got to be, like, a Samoa Joe or a fucking Kevin Owens or something. <laughs> it's got to be a big name like that. How about a guy like Braun Strowman? Oh, I, I swear That's to God, one, I could have sworn we brought yeah. brought up before, and you looked at me and just said no. No, I mean, or is that about winning the thing? Winning the thing, <laughs> like there's no hope. There's no hope for Braun Strowman. If you took him out, though, wouldn't people start generating the oh Braun Strowman? They're gonna pick it up with him again, and, and it's mania people. time and all this, yeah. and you know. The, well, the only thing is, again, he's not on anything. He's not on. Uh, no, he's not on Raw. So. Oh, yeah, well, anything. He's barely on SmackDown. But uh, if Braun Strowman were to win the – if he were to win the Royal Rumble, that would be probably as big of a surprise when was when Sheamus won the Royal Rumble. I, like, I remember when Sheamus won. We're like, oh, Jericho, you know, he was rumored to come back. He's back. He's in the final two. He's winning. And then when Sheamus bro kicked him, I looked at this guy. I'm like, oh, Okay, Sheamus won. This is cool. It it is cool. So (laughs) I feel like if Braun were to win, they would fuck it up. And Braun would face probably the Fiend and probably lose. And that's that's the end of the Black Sheep. It's the end of Braun right there. And uh, I don't – I don't – like I love Drew McIntyre. I think what he's been doing is just – Legendary. He came back. Ric Flair first promoted him and, you know, all that. You know, he's coming back from injury and – I think Roman Reigns is winning the Royal Rumble. And the only reason, kind of like with Charlotte Flair, haven't been doing anything. And I feel like Vince McMahon is now kind of at a point where he's like, you know what? Roman Reigns hasn't done anything in a while. The fans are cheering him consistently. Let's put him in that marquee matchup at WrestleMania and see what the reception he'll get. And knowing they're dumb ideology they'll put him up against the hottest heel in the company and the fiend and he will get booed out the building and he will actually end up beating the fiend at wrestlemania for the title and then that's it and then we'll go back to old roman reigns again and that's it but yeah I, i i do think roman reigns is gonna troll everyone i think he's coming out at like 27 and he's just gonna he's gonna win he's gonna last eliminate i'll say maybe drew maybe seth rollins Someone of that nature. Randy Orton, again, he, he's he's looking like uh, – WWE looks like they really care for Randy right now. So how funny would it be, though, if Randy Orton were to win his third Royal Rumble? And go to face Brock in the main event? I'd like it. I, w- I would love that. I think that would be sublime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. I don't know what it like, – if that were to happen, I'd, I think I'd pop. You'd get a genuine pop out of me if that were to happen. It's not my first choice. I think it would be like the. Like it's like the, my. It's like my third choice. It's like the Sheamus one. Like you're not opposed to him winning, but when he, if he were to win, we'd be like, oh, okay, let's see. <laughs> like when Randy won in 2017, that was, like, it was fun, but we all knew that that would not live up to the. Yeah, expectation there. It's like yeah, okay, Randy's gonna win, yeah. and he I, like. I'll never, I'll never understand that at all. How they had Cena beat Styles at the at the Rumble, the Fiend beat Cena at the Chamber, and then Orton beat the Fiend, uh, uh, not the Fiend, fucking Bray Wyatt, and then they, it was like, it was like, okay, yeah, you're gonna win this, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose. Like it was just kind of like three champs in three months. So I, uh, I hope that uh, Randy and Brock, if that were the main event, I don't think it is, but if it were, I'd love to see a no holds barred, some blood in there. Are we uh, are we counting out the Monday Night Messiah already? I don't want to see him win. <laughs> I want to see Brock throw him out into AOP. How uh, how funny would it be though if Seth comes in 
and he takes out Lesnar, and he's like all cocky, and then Brock comes in and just fucks him up after that. And the crowd's just loving it because they hate Seth right now. That'd be that'd be fun. <laughs> that that, but I don't know how that would would that even. I'm trying to think how that how they would do that yeah, afterwards. They're not, they're not feuding buddy. again. They're not going to go at. So it's just an in the moment. Time. It's just an in the moment thing. It's just a Royal Rumble moment. Oh yeah, Seth then, then that's Brock. then that's a treat then for fans. <laughs> I'd love to see that. That's a big fat joke. And then yeah, I beat him twice and I eliminated him. And then Brock just kills him after. Runs to the ring. <laughs> see, at that point, I'd love it. But here's the next question I have to ask. When do we start talking about guys winning the Rumble or entrance coming in like Edge? And CM Punk. And if we do see them, where do we see them in the Rumble? Do we see them obviously later? Do we see them early as like a, oh shit, they're back kind of appearance? Or what do you guys think with Punk and Edge and those type of guys? For Punk, I'm going to say that's an easy no. For Edge, I'll say he's in it. He's been a, we saw him at SummerSlam. We had the time of our life. There's been so many rumors (laughs) recently. It's hard to stay away from the rumor mill. But, uh, it is, yeah, especially at Royal Rumble time. You know, a guy like Edge, he's obviously not going to do a lot. I think you have a pretty good idea. There'll be 10 guys in the ring already. Spear all of them. Throw a bunch of spears and then carefully get thrown over the top rope. Should be fun. I see Edge coming in at like 20-something. Not in the first half of it. Have his little moments and then someone just toss him over. Maybe Baron Corbin just to get the heat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. CM Punk, if he were to come out, I think it would be earlier. Like a 10, 11 when Seth Rollins is in the ring. <laughs> and then you have Punk come out and then get thrown out by probably Baron Corbin <laughs> just to make everyone's day. But, uh, yeah, like, other than that, like, I can see John Cena being in the Rumble. I can, too. Um, who else is another name? The Rock. Oh, so he's winning. Yeah. If he no. would be in it, I think he'd – I'm going to – Yeah, he, next he probably year, would win it. I think next the Rock. year, no, being uh, in L.A. for uh, WrestleMania, maybe. I see The Rock probably winning the Rumble, but uh, yeah, I can't see uh, Cena and The Rock together. Maybe Undertaker for a quick five minutes or Goldberg, one of those. I love how in wrestling there's no rebuild period. It's always, let's go back to the old timers. What's he up to? Yeah, (laughs) we'll give him the title. (laughs) Triple H, how about him? Is this guy coming back? Shawn Michaels? (laughs) Shane McMahon? Oh no, please. Recently turned 50. Celebrate the birthday by going in the Rumble. How jokes would it be, though, for fans? Like what you just said with Seth? How funny would it be if Shane came out at number two and just got obliterated (laughs) and just thrown out? There's this whole best in the world thing. He's all full of himself. Comes out two? Yeah, Yeah, and Brock (laughs) looks at him, okay, and throws him out. Best, and you know what he would say to that? Best in the world, my ass. You know what would be funny? Classic one line. Number two, Brock throws out whoever. Number three, Vince McMahon comes out. <laughs> no way. Tank top and all. All the fucking HGH running through his veins. Just gets in the <laughs> ring and forces Brock to throw himself over. Get, Get out now. <laughs> Gives him a blank check. All right. How much do you want? Get out of here. <laughs> Imagine Cody Rhodes <laughs> in the Royal <laughs> We're getting off track here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I do I do think Roman Reigns is winning the Rumble, though. <laughs> Going back to negative Nancy over here. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to win the Royal Rumble. I think Sheamus, though, is another name. A lot of people don't they don't talk about him. I think Sheamus is going to have a lot of elimin- – how about Sheamus eliminating Brock Lesnar? It's a possibility. You got that quick bro kick. I, I, I can see it happening. It's a big boy, too. He's like wrestling earlier in the night, depending on what happens in their Shorty G match. I think that's going to be a squash. I don't know why. I see Shorty G winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see Sheamus. I don't know why. I hope the God Sheamus wins, though. I'm having my doubts. Who is, like, the one guy you want to see, like, last a long time in the Royal Rumble? Ooh, uh... Probably Kevin Owens, just because I can't see it happening. <laughs> you know who I see being like, you know who I see lasting a very, very long time this year, and not winning the Miz again, because <laughs> he's always he's always in there. But you know who my runner up was for me actually to win the Royal Rumble? It was Finn Balor. I had him behind Roman Reigns, kind of that surprise. You could have the Fiend versus the Demon. It's been thought of for probably two years, and well, ever since he became a thing, and 
you have that revenge from SummerSlam again. You know, he kind of went nowhere after that. And uh, I, I could easily see that main being like a main event type match, the Demon versus the Fiend. Wouldn't you guys be? You guys would have probably all yeah, be in on that. So, oh, yeah. but again, I don't really know when Finn would come in. Would it be thirty? It would probably be thirty. Yeah, surprise, probably um, like thirtieth entry. Would you have him come in as a demon? I'd come. I just have him as Finn. I think uh, the fact that he's been away for so long from the main roster, it just seems more fresh. Even though he's faced everyone like a hundred times, so I think regardless, <laughs> whenever he comes into the enters the ring, it's just going to be very motivating, and it's. I'm excited for Finn. I think he'll do some serious damage. I think AJ would last probably the longest in this. And, yeah, I just want to see Drew win because I think that whole – him and Brock would sell because Brock, ever since he was uh, an OVW, he was the chosen one. And Drew, when he debuted, Vince McMahon called him the chosen one. So have those two in the main event. You can go back in the old uh, OVW video library there for the video packages for that and – they can sell it, but yeah, I want to see Drew. It's just time. How about uh, one more thing before we go? Daniel Bryan, what do you guys have him doing after this match? It's a tough one. Because we know he's not winning. <laughs> can I still say the Miz? You can. <laughs> I just, I don't, where would that go though? Because John Morrison's with the Miz now. So would it be John Morrison and the Miz versus Daniel Bryan and Kane? Maybe for a one-and-done thing, but uh, we usually see this. There's always, like, one little feud up until the chamber, and then, like, you have a month and a half to build to Mania. So I think that'll be the time if The Miz and Brian were to pick it up, it would be then. But I think The Miz and Morrison verse, that, that would be pretty sweet. It's like what they did last year when Kane came back and when Brian first got cleared and they did the tag team again. Like, that was a fresh little one-month thing. I would not be opposed to that before they went at it again. Yeah, maybe, yeah, like if it's Mania, I'd rather see a one-on-one. Yeah, but I wouldn't be opposed to a take like that. Just as long as uh, Daniel Bryan isn't getting squashed by like Braun Strowman <laughs> and Shinsuke and like a triple third just thrown in around in a ladder match. Like keep him safe so he doesn't get another concussion and uh, showcase what he's good at. There's one guy that has a lot to prove. It's Shinsuke. Like, he should come in this match if he's in the Royal Rumble. I don't know if he is or not. This guy should actually... Like, a lot of people, like, they don't look at him as, like, a very successful superstar in WWE, which is kind of head-scratching because he did win the Rumble. And, you know, uh, he had a freaking awesome match. Well, not match, feud with AJ. That was, that was like, three months, too. That was a long time. Was it longer than that? It was yeah. half the year. Holy and he never won uh, a title out of that. So yeah, that like that's good. that's what I I feel like if there's one guy that is being overlooked and I think could be the X factor, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. But again, he is the IC champ. That's not good. So that that's out the window. But yeah, I, I think Finn Balor would be a good guy winning. You guys both say Drew. That'd be pretty awesome to see Drew versus Brock Lesnar. That'd be pretty cool. Not gonna lie. But with that being said, let's move on. We'll move on to. Uh, we went to hockey, actually. Um, we've been talking about NHL coaches getting fired like it's like it's nothing, and uh, it's there's this is a trend. Peter DeBoer got fired. I think it was last week by the Sharks, and Gerard Gallant out of nowhere gets fired from Vegas, and he led them to the Stanley Cup final in their first year as a team. I, I, there, I have no idea why he got fired. There's not really been a story, but I'm just as shocked. So are you guys, what do you guys think of that? I don't know where they're coming from. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like you just said, they went to the finals their first year. They won the division the year after, and they lost, they, well, they lost to the Sharks in Game 7. But uh, they, they really haven't – you wouldn't believe them if I told you – they were an expansion team and you were watching hockey for the first time. No. It's it's, uh, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. They're not even three years into their existence and the coach is gone after all the success they've had. Uh, I'm not worried about him. The guy's an amazing coach. He'll, he'll land elsewhere. But for the Golden Knights, I have no idea what the motivation was here. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Like, you go and fire him for your rival who knows the team, but... This is the same guy who also coached San Jose, who should be a cup contender right now, and they're struggling to even make the playoffs. With Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Vlasic, Thornton, Marlowe, Couture, Hurdle. So 
that's a guy you're bringing in your team to turn things around. I think the uh, the general manager should reassess himself because uh, you had a guy that could take you already proven he could take you to the Stanley Cup final and you fired him. Yeah, I just don't understand how you fire such a successful coach on a on a team and then you you pick up the rival coach. To me, that's just absurd. I remember uh, they they interviewed Mark Stone and he was just saying, yeah, you know, like. I think it was seven, eight months ago. You know, remember that game seven? That was wild. Holy shit, that game was crazy. He's like, yeah, you know, I didn't have a lot of good things to say about Peter DeBoer about seven months ago. And, you know, we all know hockey's a business. You know, the NHL's a business. And now he's my head coach. So now I have to kind of look at his hockey ideology and respect it and just keep playing the game. And it's pretty funny. That's like the Leafs firing DeBoer. I mean, no, sorry. Wow. That's like the Leafs firing Dubas. And getting like Bergevin, like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just something you look at and you just shake your head. So it's it's tough times for Vegas. I don't I don't really know where they are in the standings. I think they're in the playoffs right now. I know the division is so tight. I know yeah. the I know the Sharks are not in. Um, I don't know. Like you just said, you mentioned like seven yeah. names and they're all on the team. And I don't know what's going on there, but there's something going on. I know that the Sharks goaltending has always been. Just, just flat out bad. Martin Jones. There was just a balk off. I didn't think they had uh, <laughs> really anything to be proud of. I well, just remember they had the pick to get Kyle Connor. They traded it for Martin Jones. So, oh my God, they did. So that's um, <laughs> that's something to monitor. And uh, the Sharks. I don't know what. Again, like we talk about teams rebuilding, or you don't know what their identity is. Like Minnesota for years, it's like, are you gonna? trade Suiter and Parise or are you gonna just you're gonna be all right yeah (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna be like a 9 to 12 seeded team in the NHL like we have no idea and I guess that's what they want to do that's what the Sharks want to do they're not really trading anybody they're not trading Logan Couture they're not trading Burns they're not trading Vlasic they're trading nobody right now and they're just stuck in limbo so even kind of like when Montgomery got fired, but you had a story. He actually was an alcoholic, and I, you know, I wish him well and getting better and all that. But with these coaches just getting fired this year, I just feel like it's at a whole new level of just backstage politics. There's just something going on in the NHL that people aren't saying. They're not making, they're not bringing it up. They are monitoring it, but they're not doing anything about it. So it's good to now see GMs, I guess taking a further approach because how many coaches have been fired this year like like, like seven. six seven yeah. and if it's not head coaches it's gm so yeah. yeah it's just a lot of different things but uh moving on from one negative to another talking about dougie hamilton coming off uh man he was having a great season and uh it's unfortunate what happened broke his fibula he is out indefinitely what are you guys thoughts on dougie hamilton's play this year and uh what do you guys think his role was with uh, with Carolina? Their number one offensive defenseman. Uh, you know he's he's been in the league a while now. You know what he is. He's a six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound, smooth skating guy. He really did a lot for them. But uh, yeah, he was in the best season of his career by far. He kept improving every year, but this year he was really taking a jump. So yeah, it's just a shot in the arm for Carolina. Yeah, Carolina now. Like, that was their best defenseman easily, probably on the training block at times because of what he was – like, the way he was playing, they could have got way more. And Carolina's hard to sell on free agents. And now it puts them in a tough spot. Like, how are you going to replace that production? You got Justin Williams back, but he's, like, more of a third, second-line scorer. You don't have that guy on the back end who can really score and be that guy on the power play. They have decent second options, but you don't have that clear number one. So now they're going to probably be in a position where they have to trade. Maybe the Leafs' first-round pick that they got for the Marlowe trade, have to package that off with another defenseman, maybe like a Slavin or Pesce, and might be tough. But if they want that true number one defenseman, because they're going to be out with – Hamilton might be out a year. Or close he's, to it. He's out. He's out at least, I think, six months minimum. Then the time to get back and with the system, they're going to be in a tough spot. I don't. A lot of people are saying, kind of, Carolina has been surprising the last two years. They have. 
we look at them and it's like, all right, they're not. I don't. When I looked at their team last year, I thought they were okay. I didn't think they would go to the conference finals. I didn't. But we all know how great Aho is. We know Svechnikov now. It's safe to say he's a superstar. I, he's a superstar. Dougie Hamilton as well this season. It's it really sucks. He was I think third in scoring behind Yossi and Carlson, and um, those those three D for me easily this year have been the best. Carlson, Yossi, and uh, I'll say Hamilton and Hedman's right behind them. They, those guys to me have been the top four defensemen in the game, and it's a shame. To, it's always a shame to see one of the best go down. And Dougie Hamilton, it, it really does suck because again now Carolina they have to go with Slavin, they got to go with Pesci and. They don't bring that offensive game that Dougie Hamilton did. So now is it Jake Gardner that has to pull his socks up? Is it TVR, like Hayden Flurry? we've said in his development? Uh, there's a lot of grade D on Carolina, just none that have the, the role that Dougie did. I think it would – it's going to sound funny, but it would have to be Jake Gardner. It would. Because it's not in those other two's DNA to do the type of things Dougie does. And that you're looking at the signing, Jake. They signed Jake Gardner. You trade Justin Falk. Yeah, it has to be Jake Gardner at this point, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could laugh about it, but Carolina's uh, banking on Jake Gardner to have a good year. But with that being said, I just want to quickly talk about the playoff race. Talking about Boston, Pasternak keeps scoring. Talking about Tampa Bay, they keep winning. Talking about Florida, they jump the leaps now. Leafs are not in the playoffs as we speak right now. Is it safe to say that the Leafs need more from Freddie Anderson? But more importantly, I finally have the right to say, in my opinion as a Leaf fan, they need to make that groundbreaking move at this point in time. They're out, I think, by three points. Florida just keeps getting better. Yandel coming off a four-point game. The Leafs need to. I, I think the Leafs need to make that move. I think uh, first we need to start with what we have. So I'll say Freddie definitely has to be better. I don't think I don't think I've ever said those words. But uh, Freddie, that's that's the number one thing they have to fix right now. It's amazing that Hutchinson is playing better than he was, but. <laughs> When you're getting into this time of the year, you need your number one to be your number one. And I'm still sticking with the depth move. I am not fucking breaking bank for a big trade asset or anything like that because there are a lot of young pieces on the Leafs and they will regret it going forward after they don't get past the first round. So I'm just sticking with what we got for now. Yeah, sticking with what we have. Uh, Go to the Marlies again. And instead of bringing up Agostino, or not Agostino, instead of bringing up Brooks, Bring up Agostino. He's scoring down there on the Marlies. He's been a good player over there, so see what he can do at the NHL level. Maybe he can add some scoring. And then instead of uh, Timoshov once in a while, I'd bring up Koroshkov. He's a friggin' monster, and that's something you need on your team. Some guy with grit. He can probably play better with uh, Gauthier, give Spets a one-game off, since now load manage his time. He's been having a great season, much better than I think a lot of people would have expected, so... Bring Koroshkov up once in a while. Maybe even Bracco. Give him that opportunity and then trade Bracco. See what you can have in him. See what he offers in the NHL level. And maybe teams will start calling you instead of Dubas having to go call other teams. In terms of, like, D, do you think the Leafs need to make any defensive moves? Like, not not even, like, trades. I just mean, like, with the organization. Because we saw Marinson's been playing. Lilgren, I think, made his debut the other night. But he, they, they're not confident in Lilgren. I could easily tell that. They're barely playing him. Sandine though, he He's looks good. like he belongs. Yeah. Um, so I would not, I would not send him down at any point. I guess because Riley, what's he out? Like at least another three weeks, four weeks. He's out a while. Um, but yeah, you guys think we need to add another maybe depth defenseman? You know, maybe send down Marinson, bring someone else up, or do you think you'd kind of just leave the D afloat? Uh, yeah, and actually, I would mess with the D only. Uh, if I'm going to make a move, it's to bring in just another depth guy, really. Um, the last few years, we haven't been really tested with injuries. No. I think this year for the Leafs, it's a, it's a big year for the Leafs in terms of growing. And they realize certain things that they have to do when other guys go down. And especially on the blue line when Riley goes out and uh, Muzzin goes out and Dermott misses the first start of the year and we're already pretty weak on D. Like, this is... Um, it's knit or grit right now. 
So like Sandine coming in and playing amazing really helps them. And yeah, I would definitely look at the Marlies and another depth move for them. I would find any other team that will take CC off the books because I don't know. I think Sandine coming in gives them some leverage with Barry because I know if Barry's gone, Sandine already proved he can play in the league and play at a high level. So he can easily slot in on an entry level deal. If you trade a guy like CC to free up some cap, that's $4 million extra you can add to another player. So maybe they try to trade Kapanen or Janssen and package them off, and they can bring in a guy on a bigger contract and not have to do too much damage to their core. So I would look at maybe packaging a Barry or a CC to make a big trade. All right. Well, that's it for for the Leafs. (laughs) Now I just want to quickly talk about Hoop. Talk about basketball. We'll talk about the Raps game yesterday quickly. Um, early start, 2.30. They faced the Hawks. Trey Young, just 42 points. That's what he does. 15 assists, I think. That's just 42 and 15, yeah. You get that every game, right? Um, how about how about Norman Powell? Oh, this yeah. guy, the more I watch him, this is, a, this is a breakout year. A lot of people could say Freddie Van Fleet. I think Powell... Uh, might just be there. He's averaging 15.8. And you know, in, in 27 minutes, that's almost six men of the year contention right there. What are your guys' thoughts on Norman Powell's uh, play so far this season? And do you see him maybe getting dealt with how well he's playing? No. Just I'm kind of thinking on the other terms of things. Because he's playing so well, we won't trade him. I think that'll get him another contract extension. But uh, specifically for last game, no one was making threes. It was something like four for 30. It was really bad in the first half. And then Norm came in late and he he hit three in a row. And that really put a fire under the rap's ass. And that's where really won him the game yesterday. Just Norm coming in after Terrence Davis hit a three. All of a sudden, Norm gets a ball, drains one three, another three, goes to the basket, and just ends up scoring so many points that you have a chance to rest Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka for a long time. Then they bring Serge back in the game. He gets a three, and everyone's rhythm's back. So Norm Powell like kind of helped the Raptors get over their funk a little bit. And now going forward, maybe he's a attractive trade piece for other teams. But the Raptors, if they're trading Powell now, now it's not just, okay, we'll give you this guy to throw in. It's more like, okay, we're trading you Powell. What are we getting out of it? Um, we all know how great Powell was last game. We, uh, we all know how good Trey Young is every night. Um, Atlanta only has 10 wins this season. Trey Young is averaging 29, <laughs> 29 and 29-8, which is – that's absurd for a second-year player, but um, – was there anyone else that stood out yesterday other than Trey Young on Atlanta? Yeah, Collins. Yeah. That's a bonus. All the blocks he got, that's all they have. <laughs> Trey Young, Collins, and Vince Carter off the bench for the pop from the crowd. That's all they have. Hey, VC did hit a three. <laughs> he did. Right when they that put him nice. back into the game to tie it up, and then they immediately took him out. He was two of three from three yesterday. <laughs> Solid. You know who I thought was good yesterday? Cam Reddish, the good Canadian kid. He was four of seven yesterday from three. 13 points, 35 minutes. But, um, again, the head-scratching thing for me in yesterday's game was they just got Jeff Teague back, a guy that's been on that team for, I think he was on that team for like eight years before they dealt him to Indiana. And he only played 11 minutes yesterday. No, he barely played. So I don't know what that trade was for, if it was for like a veteran presence in the locker room, maybe to you know help Trey Young. I think that's exactly it. When you see a guy put up 40 points against one of the better teams in the league, like, I'm not playing Jeff Teague over Trey Young. No, I know that, but I'm saying, like, you could even put maybe Trey at the two and put Jeff at the one, and Jeff played 11 minutes. Like, that's... It's not a lot. That's not a lot. So, I don't I don't really know what their plan was yesterday, but it wasn't to have Jeff Teague in the lineup. Um, but with that being said, let's quickly talk about... Kemba Walker going into last night's game was 0-28 against LeBron James in his career. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. 0-28, never beat him. And last night, it finally changed. The Lakers got obliterated by the Celtics. They lost, I think it was by like 30. LeBron only dropped 13. Anthony Davis only dropped 9. If you're a Laker fan, is this loss concerning or is it just a bad game? I think 
it's just a bad game. There's still single digits losses on the year. You have LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis. It's basketball. Those are two superstars. I think that's enough right there. There it is. I think they're just a bad night at the office for them. But is DeMarcus Cousins coming back soon? That'd be my concern if I'm a Lakers fan because he'd be a guy that can easily change the complexion of the team. You would have Dwight Howard, Cousins at that spot. So it would give you more depth off your bench. So that's what the Lakers, I think, should be focused on. And if he's not coming back, I try to get someone else. They need another few pieces off the bench because they're a little, like, for they're more focused on the starting five. And then once you get past that, it's like if someone's gone having a good game, like a Dwight Howard, kind of screwed. So they need a little few more pieces off the bench. I think this is the first time that I can remember in a long time that a first-seeded team is so open to trading so many players on their team. Like, I read another the other day that everyone's available except LeBron and, and AD. And I think that's act- that's absurd. You're in first place in the West. Why are you trying to change the team completely? Like, I hear rumors that they want Derrick Rose. They're trying to get rid of Kuzma. They're trying to get rid of Cousins. They're trying to see what Howard's value is. So... I don't know what, what the Lakers are really thinking, whereas if you look at the other side of things, the Bucks have the best record in the league, 39-6, and six, and Giannis just flat out said, I don't want to trade anybody on the team. We're gelling right now. Why would we screw up the chemistry? Doesn't that make sense? If you're in first place, why would you want to trade so many people? Like, I even hear Rajon Rondo, another guy, easily available, so... I don't really know what to believe with the Lakers. I know Denver is 30 and 13, Utah's 30 and 13, and the Clippers are 30 and 13. So there's four teams that are breathe or three teams breathing down the Lakers necks for first place. So I know it was a bad game, but uh this Davis injury I feel like is a little more serious than people believe. So let's wait and see. I I still have the Lakers to probably win it all, but if DeMarcus Cousins comes back and is a cancer, <laughs> then shit it at the fan real quick. Remember last year we saw with this Lakers team what happened with Le- with uh, LeBron. You know, I uh, remember when he used to sit away from his teammates. Yeah. Rondo did the same. <laughs> if, if shit starts hitting the fan, it could hit the fan hard with the Lakers. So that's why I think a lot of people had the Clippers over them at the beginning of the season. You have, you know, when you have Kawhi and Paul George as your main guys – you still do. They're, 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 they're just way more focused. Um, I even remember watching the Christmas game, just having Pat Beverly on LeBron that whole game. just That just changed the complexion. LeBron, you could tell, was visibly upset the whole game, and he couldn't do anything about it. But, guys, uh, after this being said, is there any X factors in the NBA other than the Clippers? For me, it's the Celtics after last night, what I saw. They, they are, they're pretty terrifying. A lot of people were saying Miami before. You know, they're very surprising. But for me right now, I can't believe I'm saying this. Boston, after trading Al Horford, I think they actually got better. I think Ennis Cantor has absolutely been fantastic last night. He absolutely bullied McGee and Howard all game long. So I think Cantor has been the better fit than Al Horford. And I think the Celtics are for real for me. I have them right now as the X Factor. I know you love uh, your boys on the wing, Brown and Tatum. But I think the main thing for them is uh, Hayward coming back from that really brutal injury and meshing with Kemba from the start of the year. So those two going forward, I think, will be very successful for Boston. I'm going to go with the Raptors still as an X factor, just based on what they can do when they have a depleted lineup and then what they can do when they're all full strength. I think out of the East for them and the 76ers could be two teams to watch out for. And in the West, Houston, I still think is up there when you got russell westbrook and james harden you have a good chance of winning if they can mesh together with the other team rest of the guys on their team and harden can still nail those threes at will i think that's a team to look out for quickly i always want to talk about playoffs for a quick second it's pretty funny to see orlando is in seventh place and they have a losing record 21 and 23 um, <laughs> brooklyn is actually in eighth place is this going to last, or are they going to climb the standings as Kyrie Irving kind of comes back from this shoulder injury? I think they're still going to stay in eighth. 
Like even with, I think Kyrie Irving, they're going to keep over a few more games after, because once they start securing a playoff spot, then they don't want to risk losing him too. But uh, once they're in the playoffs, imagine they pull off an upset, and then you see KD in the finals come back. Oh. (laughs) Well, the thing is, with Kyrie coming back, they've still lost four straight games, which is kind of, I don't know. And, And you know what's funny? Chicago's in 10th, and Zach Levine just keeps bringing up how he wants to be in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised. They're only about four and a half back. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls tried to land a star player, maybe trade Markkinen, maybe try and trade a young guy, try and get a superstar and generate a few more wins. You said it was uh, Brooklyn and eight and then Orlando? Orlando seven. I don't see them passing that seven spot just because it's, it's the Bucks, and then from like two to six, like it's identical records, powerhouse East teams. It is. And uh, I, yeah, like the Nets are solid with or without Kyrie overall maybe not recently but i don't see them passing uh probably i think it's the pacers in that sixth spot yep it is i don't see them jumping that that second spot's looking good get orlando first round again again yeah that would be if i'm the raptors that's a time to make a move and go for number two never mind number one because you can play brooklyn that could go either way if they get hot especially with Kyrie, and then Giannis can't shoot threes really so oh uh, he can now I, I, it's going to be tough, though, in the playoffs if he has to rely on it. Yeah, it's good shooting threes against uh, weaker teams, but in the playoffs we've seen Giannis crumble a little bit, especially last year. He did crumble. This is a big year for Giannis, and it's a big year for Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets. You know who's the second-best offensive team in the, in the East? Points per game? They're not in the playoff spot. Oh. The Washington Wizards. Oh, my God. 114.3 points per game is second in the East, behind 119.4, which is Milwaukee. Um, I just want to. This is this just looks so funny. I'm looking at like these records, like the Bucks are 21 and two at home. Miami's 19 and one at home. Oh, the Sixers are 20 and two at home. Damn. You know what they are away? <laughs> They're nine and 14 away. And they're 20 and 2 at home. What is that? <laughs> How is that a thing? I don't know. Um, I, I don't see Miami finishing second. I see them maybe fourth. I see the Raps finishing second. And I, if they face Orlando like they did last year, I think it could be a little bit of a different story. You have a Markel Fultz who's emerging as a pretty good player. Vucevic is solid. Um, I know Isaac's out for a long time. He had that knee injury. But uh, I think a lot of people don't give – okay, they give the Bucks the, all the credit in the world. Giannis is the best player, I think, in the NBA. But I think it's open this year, man. I don't see the Bucks steamrolling everyone how everyone's saying. That's just my opinion. Like Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, they're always like, oh, yeah, the Bucks I think, are going to the finals. Giannis is unstoppable. There's no Kawhi in the East this year. There's really no competition. But I don't know, man. Like two years ago, what we saw with the Celtics, like they took LeBron to seven games. And like you said, Depo should have maybe even eliminated LeBron. So I think two years ago is a good comparison to the playoffs in this year. I think it's going to be very open. Um, but in the West, you say the Clippers over the Lakers. Clippers. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. So I'm the only one that doesn't agree. How about you guys? What are you guys' thoughts on teams like the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Mavs all kind of being in there, not named Houston? Because they're all doing better than Houston right now. I want to see Denver do damage. Yeah, Jokic is a... Because the last few years, it's like, oh, look at all these teams, but oh, they're going to run into Golden State. So I think now is kind of the time, like you said, it's all open. I want to see them go far. I want to see them hit the conference finals again. Just want to see like a random team in there that no one expects to go far. And now it would be the time. Now, to end the pod, I just want one hot take with you guys. Who's been the bigger surprise? The Thunder or the Heat? The Heat. Yeah? Yeah, the Heat for me. Yeah? For sure. With all the guys they got and the way they've been playing at home, they're going to go with the Heat. They lost one game at home. Just one. I'm surprised with SGA from there. That's oh, about it. Yeah. Uh, 
I knew, okay, when they traded for Paul George and I saw Gilgis Alexander in that, I knew right away. I'm like, they're going to, that's going to hurt. And uh, what did he have the other night? 20, 20, and 10? Something. 30, 10, and 10. Stud, something. yeah. Holy shit, really. That's crazy. Um, yeah, he's going to be special. He's He's brought the fountain of youth out on Chris Paul. Chris Paul's having one of the best seasons of his career. I wasn't he, expecting that. Yeah, he, he has one of the most clutch <laughs> – he has apparently the most clutch points this year in the NBA. Yeah, maybe OKC. Never mind. Um, another guy, like like we we talk about Chris Paul's contract being awful, forty million a year, but right now it's not looking that bad with OKC. I mean, Gallinari apparently is available, and Stephen Adams, and oh yeah, oh, the oh the Hawks they want Stephen Adams. No, the Raps aren't getting <laughs> the Raps are not getting <laughs> Stephen Adams. I don't want Stephen Adams. It's kind of like with Kevin Love. Like when, oh, when the Raps were rumored to get Kevin Love, I'm like, no. Like, I love him, but no, I don't want Kevin Love. Go to another team. Not One guy I do want, though, is Gallinari. That's a guy that I would want on my team. No, I know, I know that. I know, I know. Steven Adams, though, I don't want. Love, I don't want. Gallinari, on the other hand. He shoots 91% from the free throw line almost every season. It's something not a lot of guys do in the NBA. And... Uh, He's a small forward. We all know that OG's kind of offensive game right now is not, you know, at his best. So maybe put Gallinari starting, have OG come off the bench. Then the Raps can win back-to-back titles. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> that's how biased I am. I'm just going to jump the gun. But, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we talked about the Royal Rumble, talking about how Drew's going to win. I still think Roman because it's not a perfect world. It's Vince McMahon's world, and we're living in it. So, that's it for this week. Stay tuned. Watch the Rumble this Sunday. Everyone, <laughs> get your popcorn, get ready, and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, Alexa, brand new Women's State Team Champion. How does that feel?
last goal was to be tag team champion. Um, and then that happened. Uh, so I'm still in the process of setting new goals. You know, once you accomplish a goal, you can't be satisfied with it. You have to accomplish another. You have to set another one. Um, and I think right now it's just uh, showing the showing the WWE universe how talented our tag division is.